You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life. We're looking at Isaiah. It's a fascinating little section in this Old Testament book, uh, the prophet Isaiah lived, and, and this book is written 700 years before Christ. And so this is uh, God predicting, the part we're in in Isaiah right now is is Yahweh, the I Am, predicting the way that he is ultimately going to redeem and save his people, his people being beyond just physical Israel, but being the people that are the descendants of Abraham, those who are in the ultimate descendant of Abraham, Jesus Christ, through whom all nations on earth will be blessed. We've been looking at that part of Isaiah, and it really is a fascinating section. It's kind of hard to understand because it's prophetic language, has lots of meanings, and it comes from a lot of Old Testament imagery. But in we're going to look at 43, but before I do that, 42 is talking about Jesus. These are the verses, a lot of them, that uh, are you know kind of classic Jesus verses. The one who's going to open the eyes of the blind, set the captives free, a light to the Gentiles, a release to those who are in the dungeon. Jesus quotes that about himself. It's actually repeated in Isaiah 61, and Jesus quotes that about himself in the Gospels and in Luke 2. So we have... Chapter 42 of Isaiah talking about Jesus, and it's kind of an interesting, I'm just going to read a couple verses. Uh, It starts with God, well, it starts in 42, but in verse 5, God starts a new paragraph beginning with this pretty cool statement. This is what God, Yahweh, says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people, and life to those who walk on it. This is a great verse that says everybody's life comes from the I am. He is the giver of all life. Everybody's life is sustained by the I am. Right now, holding you together, holding your molecules together is Yahweh, the I am. He's the one that gives you your breath. He's the one who gives you your life. All who walk on the earth, everything that walks on the earth gets its breath and gets its life from the I am, the giver of life. This is a reminder for us to have a vertical perspective, for us to remember that God sustains every minute of our life. Whatever we're going through, God is the one sustaining us. When the Bible says, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's a literal statement that God has made this day and made you alive and has sustained your life to be alive on this day. So God has a purpose for you and recognize that and rejoice and be glad regardless of what you're going through. God is bringing you through a story and you just have to trust him. And that's what Isaiah is talking about really in all these verses of not fearing, but to trust the one who's taking care of us, who's with us, who has us by the right hand, who's bringing us through the waters, who's bringing us through into the light and into his promise. And so we looked last episode at this promise of a renewed earth, a renewed creation through Christ. And that's where God is going again, the creator of the heavens, the creator of the earth who gives breath to all people, 
in life to those who walk on it, that, that we owe our very existence and the entire universe owes its existence to the creator, to Yahweh, the I am. And saying that, then he says, I, Yahweh, have called you in righteousness. Now, the you now he's talking about here is a singular in the Hebrew, and he's going back to what he was talking about at the first part of chapter 42. He's talking about Jesus, the one who would be born. He says, I will make you a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles to open the eyes that are blind, free captives from prison, to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. I am Yahweh. That is my name. And this is a part of Isaiah where God's saying, I'm going to bring this about through the Messiah. I'm going to bring this about through my chosen one who's going to be a covenant for the people. He's going to be the the, the, the legal document that allows the people to experience life again in my promise. He's going to guarantee the promise for my people. He's going to be the one who is the author of a new covenant, just like this language is difficult for us if we're not used to it, but just like Moses established a covenant between God and Israel, and just like God made a covenant with Abraham and all his descendants, this Jesus is going to be the covenant for his people. He's going to be the new covenant by which we are newly created in his resurrection. We have forgiveness of our sins, a new body without sin, on a creation that has been renewed and it's exploding with God's glory and exploding with God's beauty. And we've been released from the dungeon. We've been released from the darkness. We've been released from our captivity. Our eyes have been opened. And these are the things that God is saying he's going to do through Christ in Isaiah. It really is a cool passage if you get a chance to read chapter 42. We're going to end our reading of 42 there and get into what I wanted to do, and that was chapter 43. God says in verse 1, But now this is what Yahweh says. This is what the I Am says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Now, remember, we talked about this in our last episode. When he's saying Jacob and Israel, he's talking about all the descendants of Abraham that the New Testament says are those who are in Christ. He's talking about you if you're in Christ. He's talking about everyone in Christ through whom all nations on earth, all people on earth will be blessed. And so you are Jacob, you are Israel, because you're part of the people of Jacob, the people of Israel, the people of Abraham through Christ. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And this is a verse that, for me, I, I've come back to this a lot in my life because it's, it's God speaking to me and God speaking to you, specifically to me because I am a descendant of Abraham. He's specifically saying, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Remember our last episode, he has chosen us. We don't know how all this works. It's a mystery, but he has in some way chosen us and summoned us by name, summoned you by name. You are mine. This is what Jesus is talking about when he's trying to get those who follow him to believe in Yahweh as their father in heaven, their heavenly father who loves them, who has the hairs of their head numbered. God has summoned you by name and you are his. You belong to him. He gives you the breath he gives you the very life that you have right now. He's holding your molecules together. He's holding your very body together because he wants you to exist in his universe. 
He has an eternal plan for you, and he is redeeming you. He has redeemed you by Christ. He has become a covenant for you, a guaranteed promise for you by his faithfulness, not yours. He created you. He formed you. So don't fear. You don't have to be afraid because he has a plan for you. He's redeemed you. He summoned you. He's called you to himself by your name, and you're his. Verse 3, for I am Yahweh, your God, the Holy One of Israel. That's you, the Holy One of the people of God, your Savior. This is who God is. He's your Savior. He's your God. He's the Holy One of Israel. And he is the I am, the giver of life, the giver of your life. He says in verse 4, Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, verse 5, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Verse 7, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. This is who God is saying you are. You have to decide whether or not you're going to trust God or whether you're going to decide to trust some other narrative. But here in 700 BC, God is predicting the narrative of Jesus that came about 700 years later. God has this eternal plan that he has summoned you into by name. He has redeemed you into this covenant, this promise that's guaranteed by Christ for you on behalf of you. He has redeemed you. He has called you by name. He has given you the very breath of life. He has chosen you and he wants you to exist in his universe and he is with you, 100% with you. Everyone, he says in verse 7, who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, that's you, that's me. And we have to do an identity check. This is who God wants us to see our identity as. This is an identity check. And he says in, in a little bit of a A mocking way in verse 9, which of their gods has foretold any of this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it is true. He's saying, I'm the one that predicted this. Nobody else predicted this. Everything I've predicted has come true. The ends of the earth have believed. People from the ends of the earth have believed in the Messiah. All this was said back when nobody was, it was just a small group of people and it's come true over the thousands of years. God's the one that predicted this. And so he says in verse 10, you are speaking to you and to me, you are my witnesses, declares Yahweh, the I am, and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. In other words, he's the only true God. He has existed forever. There'll be no other God after him. There's no other throne coming. He's the one enthroned forever, forevermore. Verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord. In other words, especially I am the Lord, only I am the Lord. And apart from me, there is no Savior. Verse 13, yes, and from ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand when I act. Who can reverse it? We've read a lot. There's a lot of things for us to think about here. And this is one of these parts of the Bible that is so full of meaning. Every sentence, every phrase is so full of things that God is saying to us. It's so full of meaning for us to meditate on and think about. And plenty for us to pray here. But let's take a moment here and just meditate in prayer, saying back to God, speaking back to God what he is saying to us. 
and wants us to take in as our identity, as a way of understanding our life and understanding the purpose of our life, understanding our narrative, understanding what today is all about and what this life is all about and the narrative that God has brought us into through Christ and that we would live this narrative instead of getting tripped up by false narratives of false gods that are not in charge and that won't be around very long and only God is forever. We don't want to get tripped up in the wrong story. And that's what we're doing when we pray. We're putting ourselves back into the right story in our own thinking, in our own mind. We're putting our mind back into the right story, the right narrative, instead of getting fooled and taken away into a smaller story that ends in a dead end. So let's go go ahead and pray through here. And I want to go back real quick just to chapter 42, where that little phrase that I thought was really good, where God identifies himself as the creator of the heavens, he stretches them out, all that. Let's just start praying there in verse 5 of chapter 42, and then we'll go to chapter 43. All these verses are in your show notes. So if you want to hit the you know swipe left or whatever, swipe right, or if you want to hit the eye and get to the information part of your podcast on your phone, and you can see the verses on your show notes, and you can follow along if you want to. Or sometimes it's just great just to close your eyes and just listen and, and not get tripped up in trying to read a screen. Dear God, the one Jesus invites us to call our Father in heaven. You are Yahweh. You are the I Am. You are the creator of the universe. You are the only creator. Everything that exists comes from you. Nothing exists that hasn't been created by you. You are the source of of all existence. You are the giver of all life. It says here, you say in verse 5, you are the creator of the heavens, the universe. You stretch them out. This stretched out universe that is stretched out, it's an understatement. The billions of galaxies with billions of stars in this universe. Talk about stretching out. You have created a universe that is so vast, it is beyond observation, it is beyond comprehension. And you do this just as a a, a laughing way to show your glory. Isaiah says you measure the entire universe just by the span of your hand. It's nothing for you. You stretch out the universe. You are the I am. You are the source of all that exists. You are the creator of this entire universe. And you say you spread out the earth with all that springs from it. You're the one that created this entire universe. You're the one that created this entire earth. It says who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. You have given breath to me. You are my creator. You are the creator of this universe, and it blows me away, but for some reason, I'm important to you. I don't understand that. The God that created this entire universe, that you say I'm important to you, that you specifically gave me life, Give me breath right now because you want me to exist in your universe. You have created me and given me life. You're the creator of this universe and Jesus says you are my father. 
You want me to come to you every day because you are my father who created me, who knows the very number of hair on my head. You are the father who knows not even a sparrow falls to the ground apart from your will. I don't understand that. I can't even begin to comprehend the greatness of your wisdom, the greatness of your greatness infinite greatness. You are truly the I am. And I don't want to take for granted. I don't want to snicker at this idea of coming before you. It is an unbelievable privilege that you want me to pray to you, that you give me access to you through Jesus. You've become a covenant for me to give me access before your throne to come anytime I want. I don't understand that. When I really understand what's happening here, it blows me away that you've invited me to come before the throne of the very creator of this universe. I don't want to take that for granted. I don't want to lose its miracle, the fact that you have let me do this. And so you say in 43 verse 1, but now this is what the I am says. He who created you, he who formed you, you created me. David says in my mother's womb, you knit me together. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways before one of them came to be. You have ordained for me the number of my days before one of them came to be. You wrote them in your book. It says in Psalm 139 verse 16. I can't understand that. I don't know how it works. But you are the I am who has created me, specifically me, created me to exist in your universe. You formed me. You created me. You love me. Do not fear, you say, for I have redeemed you. You have redeemed me. Everything that makes my life feel like it's been a waste, everything that makes my life feel like I have disobeyed you and I've ruined what is good and I've walked away from your steadfast love and I've been my own worst enemy and I remember being other people's enemy, saying things, doing things that have caused pain in their lives, all this story of my life that I'm ashamed of, you somehow have redeemed. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how any of this is going to work, but somehow you have redeemed my life by Jesus. I will not fear. Imagine living a life without fear, never being afraid, not having to be afraid, but completely trusting you because you are with me and you have redeemed me and you have created me and you have formed me. And you say here in verse one, you have summoned me, called me. You have summoned me by name. You call my name, Dave. Dave, come to me. God has called you by your name. Whatever it is, he's summoning you by name. He's saying your name as your father in heaven. And he's coming to you and saying your name and inviting you to come to him. You have summoned me by name and you say, I am yours. I have summoned you by name. You are mine, you say to me. You have summoned me by name, and I am yours. I don't have to be afraid. You have redeemed me because Christ has come, and you have made him a covenant, made him the guarantor of this promise you have said, this unbelievable promise of redemption, this promise of recreation, restoration of a world to your beauty and to your glory, and you have summoned me into it invited me into it. Verse 3, for I am Yahweh, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You are my Savior. 
You are the I am. You are my God forever. The privilege, the overwhelming privilege that you have committed yourself to be my God forever, my Savior forever, my Redeemer forever, my Holy One that is filled with beauty and glory and splendor. And you have invited me into your very presence by making me holy somehow in Christ and giving me a resurrection and a holy body so that I can come before you and not be disintegrated. Verse 4, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you, if I would believe that, that I am precious and honored in your sight, the Holy One of Israel, that you say I am honored, you call me honored in your sight. You call me precious in your sight. And you say you love me, specifically me, just like Paul said, who loved me and gave himself up for me in Galatians 2.20. You say to me right here that you love me, that I'm precious in your sight, that I'm honored in your sight. If I would believe that, I really truly would not fear. Do not be afraid, you say in verse 5, for I am with you. You are with me. Just like Jesus keeps saying that my Father who is with me in secret You are truly with me in secret. You are with me, and I don't have to be afraid. You have redeemed me forever. You are my Savior forever. You are my God forever. I am precious to you forever. I am honored in your sight forever. You love me, specifically me, forever. I really do not have to be afraid. You have called me by name, verse 7. You have created me for your glory, verse 7. You made me whom I have formed and I have made. You formed me and you have made me and created me, it says in verse 7, for your glory you have called me by name. And you say to me in verse 10 that I am your witness. You are my witnesses, declares Yahweh, and my servant whom I have chosen. I am your witness. I am just here to just let people know the amazing promise of all that you are and all that you've done for me in Christ. I let them know that by loving them, by living in a different narrative, by not abusing them with my words, by being someone they can trust, by being someone who has love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's how I witness you by your Holy Spirit. That's how I show people who you are. That's how I show them that I'm your servant whom you have chosen so that I would know and believe you more, that I would understand that you are he, that you are the I am. There's no other God before you. There's no other God after you. You are the only God forever. Verse 11, I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. And apart from me, there is no Savior. There's no other place to go. Like Peter said to Jesus after he said something hard and everybody left, and Jesus said, do you want to go too? And Peter said, where else would we go? You're the only one that has the words of eternal life. Apart from you, there is no Savior. There's no other place to go. There's no other story to live in. It's not a dead end. You're the I am. 
You're the creator of the ends of the earth. You're the creator of this entire universe. And you have created me and you have formed me for your glory. And there is no other God but you. And there is no other savior but you. There's no other place to turn. You are the only one. And so I bow my head to you. I have nothing else to trust but you. There's nothing else to take a chance on because you're the only one I can trust. Verse 13, yes, and from ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Yeah, the God that created this universe, when you redeem, no one can reverse it. When you save, no one can snatch from your hand. No one can deliver from your hand. You are the one who, when you take me and say that I am precious and honored in your sight and that you are that you love me and that I am yours and no one can snatch me out of my hand you're my savior you're my redeemer when you act no one can reverse it and so I trust you I trust your covenant promise I trust that you are present with me right now, that you are the I am, and that from ancient days, from eternity past, you are he. You are in the present tense from eternity past. I love how that's worded. Yes, from ancient days, I am he. You have always been in the present tense. You have always been the I am. You will always be I am And so I put myself into your hands because you've summoned me by name. You've called me by name. You've created me for your glory, for your purpose. You have redeemed me and you are with me forever. And I am honored and I am precious in your sight and you love me. And so I put myself in your hands right now. I know that you've already put me in your hands And I am there forever and you act and no one can reverse it. And so I trust this promise. I trust your promise. And I submit to your will. I want your will. I know your will is my only good. There is no other path. There is no other good. There is no other love. I trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.